you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Good morning to everyone. Everybody's doing all right? Yes, it is life group. Uh, so open enrollment starts today, and the way that we kick that off uh, is we have a uh, life group fair. You don't have to do it that way. You could just sign up um, actually through our app uh, on your phone. You can pick a group that works for you, but what a great way to ask questions. Um, I'm just going to let you know just some some core pathway things for you on your journey here at Grace Capital Church. So uh, when when you are exploring who Jesus is or you're a new believer, like you gave your life to the Lord and you're, you're just kind of like starting off in your journey with him, you want to sign up for the, the group saved. So I'll be leading that one this time around, and it really helps you understand what does it mean to be saved, what are all those things about. And so you'll want to do that. Those of you who have um, either been through saved or then have been kind of established for a while, but if you've never taken the uh, course rooted, uh, we would encourage every single person to get through that at some point in time. That is really so we can understand that everybody has the same foundation of which we're building um, our faith on. And then from there, there's Financial Peace University. Um, Jesus talked a lot about money and um, and understanding how to use God's money in a biblical way. FPU, but it's very practical and just kind of like getting out of debt. How many people would love to be debt-free? Uh, there's a pathway for us. My heart is that every single one uh, is going to be on this journey to, to be debt-free, so you can take all those great vacations, so you can be more generous. And then, uh, and then lastly, there's the doing what Jesus did, and it's really equipping you to be ministers. Every single one of us are called to be ministers, le- learning how to bring somebody to Christ, learning how to pray for the sick, um, lots of things on ministry, type of, like things like that. So you want to make sure that you get to uh, sign up for your group, open enrollment between now in the next uh, three weeks. But if you're taking some of the courses, some of them are going to require you to get some material ahead of time, so you don't want to delay. Well, I just want you to uh, watch this or listen to this video for a second. Talk about being a Jesus freak. All right. So anyway, so I wanted to clarify something that I said last week. It brought some confusion to some of you, and I realized that I didn't communicate well enough. I said last week, I said, I don't want you to be a Jesus freak. And really what I meant by that is by this image, look at this image. This is what I would not encourage you to do. Um, because now some of you might be called to this, but I, I don't know how many people or we can take that image down. I don't know how many people have actually come to Christ in a genuine way by doing that. Maybe, and I'm not saying if God is calling you to do that, but what I am, what I was proposing, and I'm going to spend a little bit more time talking about that. Because remember, we are talking about this, this series for Christ's sake, making yourself of no reputation. And what was I, what I was saying is you don't have to be that guy or girl to say, I'm a Jesus follower. Because we talked about that the reality is what people need, they need to see a genuineness 
that has taken place in your life, that there's something that has changed inside of you, that people begin to say, Jesus is real because I see you. And so we talked about that, that people who are, and by the way, I was talking about how we need to hang out with sinners more and feeling like, well, maybe that was a bad way of expressing it too, because it's not an us or, or them, and we're all sinners, and that brought some confusion, like, hang out with sinners, they're like, hanging out with me. But anyways, the clarity is this, hanging out with people who don't know Jesus is really important for that clarity. I said they need a compassionate heart, they need a healing touch, and they need a savior. And, and I think that's what uh, I want to express, and we're going to dig into that today as well. So if you have your Bibles or you have your app, if you have the Grace Capital Church app on your phone too, that's fine. You can just click those little buttons where it says more down there, and you can find, uh, read the Bible through there. But we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 3 today. And uh, we're going to be talking about three veils. Now, I, I don't know how many people got married and, and, you, and your bride or you wore a veil. I don't know if that's a tradition anymore. Nobody wore a veil at your wedding? Oh, there we go. Okay, there's some of us. Not me, some of you, I should say. I did not wear a veil. My wife did. I'm going to be talking about three veils. And to better understand the condition of people who don't know Jesus, and to, to better set this up, what I was trying to express last week. So I laid the foundation, but maybe I should have flipped these messages around, and I think this is going to help you create some better understanding. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I remember we're going to be talking about the three veils from Scripture, and we're going to unpack some of them. Two of them are mentioned in the Scripture, starting in verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. I like that word, bold. But like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what is being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened to this day. When they read the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because they, because only through Christ is it taken away. By the way, I'm going to go through this. So just kind of follow. I'm going to read it through once and I'm going to break it down. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Can you say freedom? Thank you. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, I just pray right now that you would remove the veil from our hearts and our minds, that we would begin to journey and understand what it is that you want spoken to us today. Father, I just want to say I'm your vessel. Uh, you have permission to speak through me this morning. Amen. 
All right, the three veils. So there's two veils talked about in this story, and I think we have to create some understanding of what this veil that was talking about Moses. So it says, not like Moses who would put on a veil over his face so the Israelites might not gaze at him. So if you would, um, the story of Moses was you have to kind of go back in time a little bit, about 1300 BC, when Moses receives the Ten Commandments. Now, it's unfortunate the Ten Commandments aren't in many visible places today, but that was God's written law for humanity, and uh, it was his instructions. Moses went up to Mount Sinai. It is The account is that God himself wrote on tablets of stone these 10 laws called the 10 commandments that would to guide and um, allow the people to prosper if they followed them. Now, when God, when Moses went up to Sinai and he met with God, actually the very interesting thing here in Exodus chapter 34, it says this, uh, Exodus 34, 29, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, he came down from the mountain. Moses did not know that his skin, that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. So what he does, now he encounters the people and, and the people are saying, Moses, you look different. Why is your face glowing? And I'm not too sure why Moses felt like he needed to, like, was it that bright? It was, but it just said it was glowing. There was you know, like when somebody, a woman's pregnant, you could just tell there's a glow about them. I'm sure this was much more radiant than that. But but Moses decides that he wants to veil his face. All right, there we go. Hello, can you hear me? All right. He wanted to veil his face so nobody could see the glow. All right, a little illustration for you. So, so he covers, in essence the glow from his face, and, and he prevents the people from seeing it. So that's what he's talking about. And by the way, it says when people in 1 Corinthians, when people read Moses, when they say people read Moses, do you realize that Moses wrote five books of the Bible? It's called the Torah. The first five, five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, were Supposedly, what who the books that Moses himself penned, and um, and so they said when when people read Moses's literature, which is the beginning of the story of God and humanity and how God works through humanity, it says that their minds and their hearts were veiled. So here's the second veil. So the first veil was was Moses who covered his face. The second veil is the veil that goes over the hearts. Now, a veil is always separation, right? When Moses veiled his face, he wanted to separate so people couldn't see his face. There's a separation. Likewise, when the heart is veiled, there's a covering and there's, it's almost like it can't, something can't penetrate in it. So they're saying that, that even though you read the story or you tell the account of it, there still remains a veil because it's only through Jesus Christ that the veil is removed. Why that is so important for us to talk about 
as it relates to those pre-believers. I say pre-believers because we remember that God's heart is that none should perish, right? His desire is that everybody would come to an understanding and belief in who he is and giving their life to him because he has good things for us. He wants to prosper us. He wants to care for us. And so we get frustrated sometimes because I have never seen any of you do this, but I'm using as an example. We somehow get very bold because this first line says, since we have such a hope, we're very bold. And we interpret boldness of like, I'm going to be in your face about Jesus. But what you don't understand is you can be in somebody's face about Jesus. And as long as that veil is still over their hearts and minds, it is going to sound ridiculous to them. And so I'm just trying to help you understand the condition of pre-believers is, and so you know how to relate to them. God's heart is that none should perish, but we also have to realize that how we approach people before they know Christ is really important. Because here in verse 14, it says, but their minds were hardened. So in other words, when you try to talk to somebody about Jesus, they, they, they can't really compute it. It doesn't make sense. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that's the whole Moses thing, the veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. But then verse 16, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. So it's really important that you're saying, okay, if somebody's going to come to to have an understanding, they first have to give their life to Jesus because it's only that's when the veil gets removed. Still with me? So we've got two veils. The third veil I want to talk about this morning is a veil that took place when we celebrate Easter or actually Good Friday. Coming up in a couple weeks when we celebrate. By the way, make, make note, there's three services, time change. So if you show up like any normal time, all the services are going to be different. And so uh, the veil that was, that was torn when Jesus went to the cross is the veil in the temple. Now you have to remember some Old Testament. Oh, thank you so much. Do you think my voice is getting hoarse? It might be. The... The veil in the temple, remember back in the time, God's presence was kept isolated to an environment. You had the Ark of the Covenant was where God's presence was. Then it was established in a temple. God's presence was there and the priests would go in. There would be a sacrificial system for forgiveness of sins. But when that, when that veil was ripped in two, basically God was saying, I am now accessible to all humanity. Good news. But it's only through Jesus Christ. So the third veil is this veil that gets ripped in two. Now, the interesting thing is, where's the temple today? The Bible says that now we are the temple. We are actually the housing of the Spirit of God. So when you start putting all of these veils together to say, guess what? Okay, Moses' veil, he was trying to separate the glory of God from his face. And I would say many Christians today 
probably live that way. They're a little bit embarrassed about their faith or they're un- they're not confident and they veil their faith. And so people around them can't see the glory of God shining through them because where's the glory of God now? The glory of God resides in you. This is why in verse 18, it says of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and we all with unveiled face, so now he's making a comparison to Moses who was veiled, and he's also making a comparison to Old Covenant, which is Old Testament, New Covenant, which is Jesus going forward. He's saying with an with a unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, beholding the glory of God, being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is spirit. In other words, the spirit of God, this comes from the spirit of God that dwells inside of us, and we are to reflect the glory of his spirit that dwells inside of us. All right, still tracking? So here is the thing. Why did I last week say that people who don't know Jesus, they need a compassionate heart, they need a healing touch, and they need to have an experience with a Savior who dwells inside of you? Because in many ways, that is what's going to allow a heart to be opened to receive Christ. And I guarantee you, What's, when somebody comes to Christ, it's because they've seen a radical transformation in somebody's life. They see their face changes countenance. Have you seen it? I know I did when I was in my early 20s. Even though I grew up in the church, the Bible didn't make sense to me. I thought, you know, Christianity is just a bunch of rules. And then I had an encounter with God in my living room through a friend of my brother's. See, I encountered the Spirit of God through somebody else who then told me about my past, which kind of weirded me out. That's called gift, or what is that? When somebody can tell you, gift of discernment, or no, gift of knowledge, gift of knowledge. Then he told me about my future, which is gift of prophecy. I was like, what? Looking back, because I wrote it down, and this is my 20s, and how they all have come true. Not all, but most of it has come true. So I saw something so that that person was radiating something, and it was the glory of God. And see, that's what makes faith genuine, not just holding a sign. I love in First, Second Corinthians chapter 3, it says this, starting in verse 1. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? Okay, Paul, remember, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. By the way, that's, uh, you can see some ancient ruins there, but that's in modern-day Greece. So he's writing to the church, the, the people in the church in Corinth, and he's saying, is the only way to show that you are somebody, and we'll say in Christians back then, is if we give a letter of recommendation. So-and-so, I give them a seal of approval that they can be telling you about God. And he's saying, 
do we need to do that? Because this is what he's saying afterwards. He's saying, I, I wish we didn't have to do that because this. And this will completely relate to us. He says, you yourselves are our letter of recommendation. Written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered to us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, meaning not like the law on like of Moses, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. You see, what he's saying is, he's saying, I hope your life is a love song. I hope your life is showing something different enough that people can see evidence of the glory of Jesus Christ in you. I want you to be a living epistle. I want you to be a living letter. I want people to see the glory of God. Now, how do you, how do people see that? I think it goes back to the very first thing why Moses covered his face. He veiled his face because it says he had spent time talking to God. You want the glory of God to be so evident in your life? Spend time with him. You want something to be radiating out of you, the Spirit of God radiating out of you, ask for the fullness of the Holy Spirit in you. And remember, we are the vessel. We are the temple. You want the Spirit of God to radiate through you. Treat your life as if the residence of the Spirit of God, that Jesus himself is residing in your life and, and what's in there and what's in there. Today, I want us, we're going to close with a song um, that talks about where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And, and that's right from that verse, because in verse 17, it says, now the Lord is the spirit. So basically saying, great, remember Jesus left this earth, right? But he says, good I go, because I'm sending you my spirit, the Holy Spirit. So that's, when we say Jesus dwells inside of us, what we're saying is the spirit of God dwells inside of us, his Holy Spirit. Now the, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I think sometimes we sing this song and just like, we just want to dance. I, I have freedom, all kinds of freedom. But, but my heart is so burdened to realize that it's great that you have freedom, but my deepest burden is to know that so many people in this world have not yet experienced the freedom of Jesus Christ. It pains my heart that a girl from Prospect Mountain, Alton, this week, high school, top of her class, athlete, for some reason, so much despair took her. She took her life this week. This week, we lost three more people to drug overdose. Tragic, young lives. And yet, 
We are to be his ambassadors. We are to be the ones reflecting the glory of Christ. And I want to encourage you, let your life be evident to somebody else who doesn't know Jesus, that your life becomes a love song of of who he is, that you would take a moment and understand what's going on in somebody's life, that you really begin to care for people who are different than you, people who don't have faith. So when we sing this song this morning, where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. I want you just to begin to think of a family member or a friend or a coworker or a spouse that doesn't know Jesus yet. But I want you to begin to reflect to say, is the glory of God, am I still walking around as a follower of Jesus like this? Nobody knows you're a Christian. (laughs) Nobody knows. And you're happy that nobody knows. But but what if you said, Jesus, I'm spending more time with you. Father, I want to be in your presence. And the veil gets removed so people can see the glory of God radiating from your face. And then you act out of compassion. Last week's message. People don't know Jesus need a compassionate heart. People don't know, know Jesus need a healing touch. And start living our lives the way Jesus did. And he loved people just the way they were. But whenever they he encountered, people encountered Jesus, they changed. And I wonder how many people are changing around us. And, and it's my encouragement because... My deepest, deepest conviction is how is this world going to know that there's a Savior who loves them, who wants to set them free from their pain and hurt unless we, the church, not the building, the people, begin to radiate who God is from their very being. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.